Guys, go with me today to Exodus chapter 31. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. But as you go in there, I want to give you some background. So in the book of Exodus, it is the delivery of the Hebrew people, the Israelite community. It's their deliverance out of the hands of the oppressions of the Egyptians. And, and Moses has been raised up to do this. His life has been preserved and he has been set apart. He has been anointed to be the one to help them come out of this place. And so Exodus is the, is, is the story of their journey and all of these things that happen. So Moses, he leads them out there in the wilderness. And as he's taking them through the wilderness, God is giving him guidance. God is also revealing himself to the people. He's revealing himself through different events that are happening, different challenges and situations. And in chapter 19, God invites Moses to come and commune with him and chat with him. And he presents this covenant. He presents this covenant for Moses to present to the people, this agreement that he is inviting them into this relationship. And so Moses goes and and God begins to give him uh, the, the, the details and, and all of the things that would happen through this covenant and these commandments. And he takes it down to the people. He delivers this message to the people. Uh, they are fearful at first. <laughs> and as they are fearful, this solidifies Moses' role as, as mediator. So he becomes a mediator between God and through the people. And God continues to keep communicating with Moses, sharing with him these instructions and this guidance on how he wants them to live their life. And then he begins to talk about the tabernacle, this place where he would come and, and meet and commune with the people. So the people were still mobile. They were going from place to place. But he wanted him to, to wanted them to create this home, this environment where he could come and engage and connect with them. And so God begins to give Moses these very specific instructions on these things that were supposed to be in there, where they were supposed to be placed. I mean, it's very, very fine detail that the Lord has given Moses, even to the point where he instructs Moses on who these people are that are supposed to be building these things and helping these things be put into place. And this is where we're going to pick up in Exodus chapter 31, uh, verse 1 through 11, and I'm reading through the NLT this morning. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of her of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver and bronze. He is a master. Oh, he is a skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And I have personally appointed Aholiab, son of Ahissamech of the tribe of Dan to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. The tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark's cover, the place of atonement, all the furnishings of the tabernacle, the table and its utensils, the pure gold lampstand with all its accessories, the incense altar, the altar of burnt offerings with all its utensils, the wash basin with his stand, the beautifully stitched garments, the sacred garments, 
for Aaron, the priest and the garments for his sons to wear as they minister as priest. The anointing oil, the fragrance for the holy place. The craftsman must make everything as I have commanded you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive and active. We thank you that it's speaking into our current situation right now, exactly where we're at. God, we thank you that you're not caught off guard. You're not surprised by what's going on in our life, in our society, in our world. But you meet us. You meet us. You never put more on us than we can bear. And we say we trust you. We trust you in this moment. We trust you in this time and in this season. And we just invite your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you move in our lives? Would you speak to us about what's going on, about things that maybe we're worried about, we, we challenge with? even the joys of life, will you engage in those with us today? It's in your son Jesus' name that we ask these things. Amen. Guys, I want to continue to keep talking about what we've been discussing over these last couple of weeks, and that's about prioritizing and organizing our time around what we value. I mentioned every year I say, hey, I want to grow in my relationship with God, but now, how am I organizing my time around that? So over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about belonging and placing ourselves in community. We've talked about the importance of researching and searching the scriptures, but not letting ourselves become self-righteous as we do that. And then today, I want to talk about us actually living out our faith. That is a, a part of our spiritual growth as well. It's, it's not just head knowledge. It's not just something happening in our heart but it's actually the way that we, we live our lives on a daily basis. Through the gifts, through the things that, that God has given us to be able to, to glorify him and appoint people towards him. God is having this intimate conversation with Moses. He's given him detail, he's given him some instruction on some things that are beginning to take place. And as he's having this conversation and he's talking about the tabernacle and all these things, that are supposed to be made, he begins to mention another individual. He begins to mention a man by the name of Bazalel. And he tells Moses, this is who I have selected. This is who I have set apart. This is the individual that I have chosen to do this work. But now wait a minute. <laughs> Moses is the anointed one. He is the most revered person outside of God in this community. Man, think about the story of Moses. Moses was born into a time where the Pharaoh had decreed that all the, the, the Hebrew males were to be thrown into the Nile. His life was preserved through the hands of the Pharaoh's daughter. Even his name means I drew him out of the water. So every time one of the Egyptians said his name, they were saying that he was drawn out of the water during a time where the Pharaoh's word was spoken and said to throw them into the Nile. And so God divinely intervened in Moses' life. God preserved Moses' life. God selected him. God chose him. God set him apart for a specific assignment. This assignment was to go and to deliver the people from the oppression of the Egyptians. Now, you would think 
If Moses can do this, then Moses can do anything. But God is telling him in this moment, you're not the guy. There's somebody else I have selected. There's somebody else I have chosen. There's somebody else that is gifted and skilled to do this thing that you're not gifted and skilled to do. Oftentimes, we make the mistake of thinking that we can do everything. And that we can do all things for all people. But God is speaking to Moses and he's telling him, you may be anointed and gifted to do this, but this thing that I'm asking to happen in the tabernacle, you don't have the skill set to do that. You don't have the gifting to do that. You don't have the grace to do that. And that's that's humbling because this is somebody who is governing millions of people. He just led these people that have been crying out for over 400 years out of bondage. And God is saying for this specific thing, you don't have the skills, you don't have the gifts, you don't have the call, you haven't been chosen to do this. But we see the beauty of partnership. We see the beauty of the uniqueness that that Moses is not threatened by this, but Moses creates space for Bezalel to come and do these things that God is asking him to do, to point people to God, to glorify God. And, and so for us, it's important that we understand and we realize we can't do everything. We may be called, we may be gifted, but we don't have all the gifts. We may have a lot, <laughs> but there's somebody else that is gifted to do something that we're unable to do. And that is OK. That is OK. Let's make room. Let's create space for them to come into that place and use their gifts and their skills because they've also been set apart. They've also been selected. They've also been chosen by God to move into these things. And he doesn't, God doesn't just say the name of Bezalel. Bezalel is not in isolation, but he also mentions his family. He said he's the son of Uri, the grandson of her from the tribe of Judah. There's three layers that God speaks into when he's talking about Bezalel. He names his family and he names his tribe. God is sovereign. He can bring this individual to Moses' attention any way that he desires to. But he chooses his family name and his tribe. Why? Because it's important. He chooses it because it's meaningful. He chooses it because this is a part of Bezalel's identity. There is no Bezalel without his family and without his tribe. It is this family. It is the stories of his family. It is the location of his tribe. It's all these things that are put together that have allowed him to become the individual that he is that has allowed him to be able to operate and to grow into this skill and into this gifting. There's millions of people that Moses is governing. This is the way that God is identifying who this individual is through his family name and through his tribe. And man, maybe so many of us, we have tried to leave that behind. We have tried to believe, leave our family behind. <laughs> We have tried to leave our tribe behind. We don't want to be associated. We don't want to be attached with it. But God is saying here in this time, it's important. It's a part of your story. 
You didn't get to where you got on your own. And I'm not just talking about good stuff. I'm talking about the bad stuff. The bad stuff shapes and Moses as well. The challenges, the absence of different people, all of those things help us become who we are. But when we're talking to people, we want to forget those things. Maybe because there's shame attached, maybe because there's guilt, maybe because there's hurt, because there's pain. But in this time, God is telling Moses, this is who this man is. And his story is much bigger than him. His story has a name. He has a family name. He is the son of Uri. He is the grandson of her. He is from the tribe of Judah. Your family, the tribe that you're from, is meaningful and it's important. Now, here's what you have to remember as well. It doesn't qualify you, though. It doesn't make you more uh, superior over somebody else, nor does it disqualify you. It's neither one, but it's God's selection. It's God's choosing. It's God's hand. It's his divine interaction that calls us and that aligns us with his purposes and, and, and with his will for our lives. Man, years ago when I was a, a graduate assistant, American football coach, so I was still a student. I was still studying and I was still learning the game of, of football. So I was I was young. I was growing and I was underneath the coach. He was the, the wide receiver coach. He was also the recruiting coordinator. So I was put under his supervision. So he had these responsibilities as a wide receiver coach, but then he also had these other responsibilities as a recruiting coordinator. So this is where we tried to convince student athletes to come and be a part of the university and to play for our team. Man, this involved um, unofficial recruiting weekends, official recruiting weekends. It, it, it required going into schools, looking over transcripts and academic records, it, it required liaisoning with different departments at the university to make sure that prospective student athletes got connected with what they wanted to study. So it involved quite a bit. So there were quite a few people that would come through. And because I was serving under this coach, a lot of the day to day fell into my hands. So I did a lot of the, the gritty work and the grunt work. And man, it was a lot because you're trying to get stuff done and you need to get stuff done with people that you trust and people who are trustworthy. And so what would happen is people would come into the office, he would have me sit in the meetings. And afterwards he would ask me what I thought and who this person was. He recognized something in me that was a gift, there was a skill that I had not yet seen in myself. So I remember you know, sitting in the corner of the office and he would tell me before the person comes in, hey, I want you to listen. I want you to listen. I had the ability to be able to discern and hear beneath the words of what people were saying. So when somebody came and they were saying something that was awful, that was untrue, I would be able to sense it really quickly and would say, hey, man, I don't know about that. This guy seems a little bit dodgy or this doesn't seem true what he's saying. Or I felt like, man, this person was trying to hide something. He, he didn't. He communicated what he wanted us to hear, but he left this out. And so this coach would pick my brain and my mind and my thinking 
and, and he would take that information and it would help him make a decision where maybe there was some cloudiness. He saw a gift and a skill and something God had, had divinely graced me with and had orchestrated and he created space for it. I wasn't the one making the final decisions. I wasn't the one who if, if stuff began to happen and there was some responsibility to be taken, it, it was his role, it was his job. But because he created space for me, I was able to come alongside and we partnered together to be able to connect with people and build relationships in a way where everybody, um, everybody was able to, to bear fruit from it. Everybody was able to accomplish their goals and we got student athletes in. This is where Moses is at. God is communicating with him. Hey, there's somebody else I need to bring into the picture, this individual. He's gifted at something that you're not. And I need you to create the space for him to accomplish what I'm trying to get done. And then the next thing God tells him is he says, I'm going to fill him with the spirit. I'm going to fill him with the spirit. <laughs> this is very odd. In the Old Testament, in the ancient scriptures, there's not very many times that we saw people being filled with the spirit. We would see the spirit come up on people and then and then come off. But this language of being filled in the spirit, we only hear this in the in the New Testament when we get into Acts. But God is saying, I'm going to fill this individual, Basilel, with the spirit. And he's not filling him with the spirit for something uh, that we would perceive as spiritual. <laughs> he's filling him with the spirit for work. I want to say that again. <laughs> he's filling him with the spirit for work. Did you know <laughs> that God cares about the work that you're doing? In Proverbs, it says he's concerned about every detail of your life. That includes your work. God gifted us with work. When we see Cain and Abel in the beginning of Genesis, they come into the picture. He gifts them. He graced them. One, to be able to toil and cultivate the, 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 the ground. The other one was a shepherd. He gave them a gift. It was the gift of work. Here he's telling Moses, I filled him with the spirit for work. His work is going to be so quality. His work is going to be so precise. His work is going to be so well done that it's going to point people to me. It's going to glorify who I am. And the same spirit is available for us today. That same spirit that he was filling Bezalel with is available for us today that we can receive. And God wants to use our work the same way. He wants to fill us with the spirit to accomplish the work that we're involved in on a day to day basis so it can point people to Jesus. He not only says I'm going to fill him with the spirit, God calls him a master craftsman. A master. This is the creator of the universe saying this human being, this individual that I've created in my image and my likeness is a master. 
He has become so good at what he's done that he has he has conquered it. He has overcome it. He has become such a professional that now people are inspired by his work. He does so well (laughs) that now he can mentor people in what he's doing. This is the type of person that I want to build stuff for my house. He's skilled. He's gifted. But he invested in his skill. Bezalel didn't float and become a master. He didn't become a master overnight. Bezalel put in the work. He put in the time. He put in the energy. He was committed. He was devoted. He put in the hours. There was something that he had to do with his own hands and sacrifice to be able to grow in the level of becoming a master. He put in the hours. There was some responsibility that he took to become who he was. God didn't didn't snap his fingers and Bezalel became a master. God is observing what has happened in this man's life. And now he's choosing him. He's selecting him because Bezalel put in the preparation. He put in the work. He put in the commitment. He put in the hours. He did the things necessary to become a master at what he was doing and gold and bronze and different minerals. God even calls him a master of all crafts. This is the type of 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 work ethic that he had. This is the type of investment that he had. So now we see. A man who has invested in the skill and the gift that God has given him and God selecting him and choosing him and filling him with the spirit. There's stuff that 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 we need to do with our own hands. And then there's stuff that that God does in our journey. There's stuff that that he he uses and that he begins to move in. But we have to grab a hold of our part and do the things that we need to do to grow and to become masters in what and what he skilled us with. I remember early on as a child. I always love to communicate and to to communicate with diverse groups of people. I would find myself in different environments communicating with people that people would say I don't need to be communicating with, with adults, with people from different genders, with people from different cultures and backgrounds. It didn't matter to me. I was just communicating. And as I continued to do this and I became older, There were mentors in my life. There were family members in my life. There were peers. There were people that began to tell me, hey, man, this is a gift. This doesn't come natural to us. This is something that that we have to work very hard to be able to do. We see this grace upon your life. We see this skill upon your life. So they helped me identify it. And as I continued my journey, God began to confirm this. And as I began to identify and it was confirmed and I recognized it, I began to invest in it. I began to invest in being able to communicate with people, whether it's one on one, whether it's in a small group, whether it's in a medium sized group, whether it's in a large crowd. I began to invest in communicating with people. 
I began to research. I began to study. I began to do books. I took classes. I put myself in different environments. I traveled. I watched people for hours, watching them communicate with different audiences, with different uh, sizes and quantities of people. It is something that I have put resources into. I have spent more than 40,000 hours growing and communicating. Over 40,000 hours growing and communicating. That is my part. That is my responsibility. That is me doing what I need to do to be prepared and to position myself to be able to mature in it, to be able to grow in it. And oftentimes what happens is we get a skill, we get a talent, we get a gift that God graces us with. And we waiting for him to snap his fingers to mature us in it. But that's our part. That's our part to position ourselves. That's our part to prepare ourselves. That's our part to invest in it. And as I did this, God filled me with the spirit. And now with me attempting to grow in the mastery of communication and God filling me with the spirit, this is where opportunity comes. So I wouldn't be surprised when there was an invitation. I wouldn't be surprised when somebody invited me to come into a group or into a gathering to speak and to communicate because I had prepared for it. I had invested in it and God filled me with this spirit. God selected me. He chose me to be able to step into it so he could use my life, so he could use my gifts, so he could use my skill set. And he wants to do the same with you. He's gifted us. He's graced each one of us with a talent, with a skill, with a gift. But how are you investing in it? How are you doing your part? How are you taking responsibility to grow into the mastery of it? God continues to keep talking to Moses. And he says, I've also chosen an assistant for Bezalel. His name is Aholiab. So even Bezalel has to cope with <laughs> that he can't do this thing alone. That he also needs somebody to come and to assist him and to help him. He's God calls him a master, <laughs> but he still needs relationship. He still needs somebody around him and with him for him to be able to deliver these things that God has called him to. And so many times when we become a master at something or we become very skilled and gifted, we think that we can do stuff on our own. God said, I've hand selected. I've chosen this individual to be Bazalel's assistant. Not to be leader. Not to do the same thing that Bazalel is doing to assist him. This is the other problem that we have. His grace was not to lead in it. His grace was to assist. But we see what Bazalel is doing, right? We see other people operating in their gift and in their uniqueness, and we want to be like them. We, we want to have the same skill set and gift as them. But he didn't gift Aholiab the same way. He gifted him to assist. 
when we begin to try to be somebody else and operate in a gift and a skill that God hasn't given us, we get out of alignment. We get outside of his, his grace for us to use us. And so it's important that we're able to receive, to take your gift, appreciate it. Moses and Bezalel, they both had an important role and contribution in what God was doing. Ohaliab had a contribution in what God was doing. They all had a part in playing in what God was doing and pointing people to him and glorifying him. And God selected all three of them. God spoke each one of them's name. He, he, he says Oholiab's family as well. He talks about his father. He talks about his tribe from the tribe of Dan. His family was also important. Now, they weren't from the same tribe. Bezalel was from Judah. Oholiab was from Dan. There wasn't a specific tribe, a specific group of people who, that God was choosing from. This work was not exclusive, but this work was for everybody. You are included in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what your family name is. It doesn't matter where you come from. God can choose you. God can select you. God can give you. God can grace you to do amazing things in your city, in your community, in your workplace. It's not only for us, uh, for a select few, but, but, but God includes him into this picture and he includes him to come and to assist Bazalel. Bazalel is assistant of Moses. So the three of them are working together to accomplish what God is doing in the earth. Man, can we be a people that would bring our unique gifts, that would bring all the things that God has graced us with and walk together in partnership to point people to him. This is what he reminds Moses in this end part. I'm, I'm, I've selected these two people to fulfill and to create and to build and to practically put these things together that I've asked you to do. <laughs> Their gifts, the things that I've given them, they, they're not for themselves. And so many times what has happened is we have begun to build a life for ourselves. The gifts and the things that God has given us, we're only using them for ourselves. And, and we have this dualistic thinking. All right, these things are for church. This is for the, the, the sacred. These things are for work. This is for secular. So I'll use my gifts at work, but when it comes to the things of God, I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hands up. I'm going to relent. Everything is spiritual. Your work is spiritual. How you carry yourself at work is spiritual. How well you take on a project, how well you create, how well you build, how well you lead a team 
is spiritual. God wants you to do it well because he wants to use that in your life to point people to him, to glorify him. He wants people to be in your presence, to come across you and be like, what God does this person serve? Man, there's such excellence in their life. Man, the quality of work that they do is amazing. Who, who, how, how did you get to this place? What, what has happened that has allowed you to be able to operate in this type of way? It's the work that you put in and it's the spirit of God that gives you wisdom, that gives you insight, that gives you discernment, that gives you knowledge beyond your years, that helps you to make wise decisions, that helps you to build healthy relationships, that allows you to see a bigger picture than just chasing money, that allows you to grow sustainably, that allows you to build generationally, that allows you to move in a way for legacy, and not for legacy to keep and hold for your own, but that impacts your family and people outside of your family. Your gifts are not for you. You get to receive from them, but your gifts are for the Lord. They're to point people to Jesus and they're to glorify who he is. Man, I want to encourage us today. One, let us take uh, uh, an assessment of what God has gifted us with. And let us be reminded that it is God. If you type in at your computer, <laughs> God has given you the ability to be able to do that. God has given you the ability to be able to think strategically. God has given you the ability to be able to create. God has given you the ability to be able to build. Everything that you have comes from the Lord. Everything. You didn't make it on your own. Everything comes from the Lord. God wants to use it all. He doesn't want this part to be over here and this part over here. He wants to use every single piece of it. So let's take an assessment. What are our gifts? How does God want to use you in your workplace? How does God want to use you in your day to day? How does he want to use you in your community? How does he want to use you in your city? Man, and let us be open let us invest in the gifts that he's given us so we can grow them and become masters in them. Let us be filled with the spirit. May the spirit of wisdom and understanding rest upon us today. And as these things are combined, we pray that we walk into the open doors that God has provided and we can look up and we can see the, the impact that we've made on other people's lives, the space that we have created for other people. Let us walk in partnership with each other's gifts. Let us make room. Let us be content and satisfied with the gift that God has given us and not try to be somebody else. They all need it. Can we do that? <laughs> I want to pray for us this morning. God, we thank you. We thank you that you know us, you see us, you love us. We thank you that you have made each one of us unique. There's not one of us that's not an original, but you, you make us with such precise design, with such precise uniqueness. Man, 
even we can look at people and maybe their gift looks the same. There's something unique about it. We thank you for that. God, give us the strength. I think one to create space for other people. Let us walk in humility. Let us live out our own calling and selection and assignment, but let us understand that we can't accomplish everything we need to accomplish for you alone. And let us create space for people to, to partner with us. God, we open. We open to, to be filled with your spirit. Holy Spirit, come right now and rest upon us. Live in us. Have your home in us. We pray for your divine insight, your wisdom, your knowledge. Help us understand things that are beyond our years, that are, that are beyond our capacity in our workplaces and, and, and place where we have our hands at. We, we, we rely on you. We trust in you. And God, may the things that we do, may they point people to you. May they bring you glory, not us, but may they bring you glory. May they bring people into relationship with you so families can be changed. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.